0: Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. This is your extra show for the week and my name is Cameron Bell. I'm your host as always. Joining me on this week's show to talk about a brilliant victory over Real Betis uh, at Ibrox on Thursday night is my very good friend Colin McMillan. Colin, thank you for joining me on this week's extra.
1: Hello Cammie. Um It's a pleasure to join you after a, a result like the other evening. Um, very good mood, very good time to be talking about Rangers after a couple of weeks where, to be fair, it's it's not been that much fun to talk about it. So, yeah, I'm delighted to be here this week when we've got some good stuff to chat about.
0: Colin, last week I had uh, Caroline on Extra and uh, that was the first show after the international break and I think it was kind of needed to have a bit of positivity in there. St. Johnson pretty much took care of itself. I don't think we were ever really kind of threatened by it. Going got into our Europa League group opener I think um, there was, I think it's fair to say, probably still a hangover effect of the criticism of the manager of the team. The Rangers support haven't been happy. Um, I don't think it's been the start of the season that we've wanted uh, in terms of the the signings that we brought in. Obviously despondent because we were hoping to see a bit more of Danilo's ruled out with a very unfortunate injury. We're missing Todd Cantwell, we're missing uh, Nicola Raskin. But that being said... And we will talk about last night's game in in quite a bit of detail and stuff, but going into it, I think Michael Beale has to be given credit for a lineup in my opinion that made a bit of a statement about his intent in terms of how he wanted to approach this game from an attacking sense
1: yeah he he absolutely does and you know what he's he's dealt with a lot of criticism. He's had a lot of justified criticism kind of put his way in the last couple of weeks. So it is only fair that when he does get something right and when something works and a plan does come together or elements of a plan come together that you do give kudos to him, you do kind of appreciate it. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. He decided to to go for it. I think anybody, anybody, anybody that I spoke to the build-up to this game, Cammie, when we found out that we were missing both Cantwell and Raskin, it was just an automatic assumption that we would start this game with Jack and Lundstrom together. Everybody expected that. It wasn't, you not for debate, really. And he didn't do that. He went with uh, the pace and the forwards and he went to try try, try to beat them, to try and actually attack and be off the front foot. And you know what? After a, a, a dismal start to the game, first 30, 35 minutes or so, it worked. So yeah, congratulations to him. He also made a big decision of bringing, keeping Suter out, the team who has been very impressive, and bringing Davies back in, continued his running the team from St Johnston, and he was one of the best players on the park on the night as well. So in terms of the big decisions around the team, it's hard to say that he got any of them wrong last night. So yeah, it, it, the congratulations as well, Joe, I think, for that one.
0: Yeah, and I, I mentioned as I was opening the show there about the criticism towards some of the players. And I'll be honest with you, I think that's justified. Now I don't want to fixate on the negative because if I'm being honest with you, I think we had a great result last night. I think the performance uh, for 60 Minutes was really good, but as you rightly say, there was a bit of a, a kind of opening, dismal start, and I, I've got to put that shift on to the players, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Now, this is kind of the last criticism I really want to have on on, on this week's show in terms of, of anything to do with last night, because I know we've talked about, you know, most recent performances, lack of a plan, all of that kind of stuff, right? We've done all that today, so we know where that's at. Last night, to begin with, there was some nerves, I think that there was some unforced errors by some players. I'll give them some leeway by saying that that was a, a midfield that obviously was 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 put together post our injury notifications because we knew Cantwell was going to play. Raskin, I think, you know was probably in the team initially um, a few days ago. Obviously, he's picked up a knock. He's, he's, he's now out and stuff. So I can forgive the players for looking a little bit nervous but at the same time, guys like John Lundstrom has went the whole way in this tournament. So you'd hope that he wouldn't have been overawed by last night. I think he came into a game and I think he he absolutely looked like the John Lundstrom of old and, and the player that we want to see a little bit more continuously. But it was a shaky start. We can't get away from that.
1: Yeah, undoubtedly it was a shaky start. The The players almost looked as if they were waiting for Betty's to hurt them. At the, at the start of the match. They would almost look like they were waiting for something to go wrong. Um, and I get kind of where that where that feeling comes from, especially after what happened to them in the last European game. Um, Betis did start the game well. They were moving the ball about quite quickly. Um, they were good with their press. Anytime we did get possession, they were swarming us and taking it off us relatively easily. Um, so maybe there was a bit of shell shockness there. Maybe they just... What they didn't do, Cam, was follow the manager's instructions from the start because what I noticed uh, during that first 35 minutes was the manager was particularly upset and particularly animated, more so than usual. He was on the touchline, he was out on the line shouting, uh, gesturing, making a lot of noise, which he doesn't do all that often, which tells me they weren't doing what he asked from the start. Um, And that's something this squad of players has been doing for for years for different managers at various different times, just not quite following the instructions and not doing what was asked of them. But they did—they fixed it after 30, 35 minutes or so, Cammy, and when they did take a grip of the game, they didn't really give it back, which I was impressed by. Um, So if anything, they've learnt something, they've had that spell in the game where they've not played particularly well, they've not followed the plan, and they've not looked good, but they didn't give anything away. They didn't lose the game in that time period. Which is progress compared to what we've seen in other games recently.
0: I think. I think it's yeah, and and I think I'd, again, credit where credit's due. Um, there was elements of it within that opening spell where I think it was as bad as I've seen a Rangers team this season, and and the fact that they didn't concede across that. As much as we can, we can label some some blame against some of the players within that. You're right. We do have to give them credit for the fact that they held it. I'll say they held it together to some degree because they didn't concede i'm not going to say it was tight because i think it could have been done better but the point still remains around the fact that you want to ensure that um you you really have to be able to adjust into this level and we've seen players coming into the team and coming into the squad obviously our new intake across the summer They're still taking time to settle in. These games are thick and fast now in terms of, you know, the manager made reference to it, I think, in the pre-match presser. Um, It was either the pre-match presser against Real or the post-match after St. where Somebody said, look, you know, our next three games are in three different competitions. So I I, I think that there has to be leeway given and, and credit attributed to the fact that we didn't concede in that opening 30 minutes. We started to look like we knew positionally where players were expected to be. So I think the most important thing that we can kind of say within that is let's take it as a lesson that even if you don't come out the traps all guns blazing, just ride the tide a little bit and don't lose your, your cool or your focus.
1: That's it, yeah, and uh, that's that's the, one of the big things in these European fixtures, Cammy. because if you don't do those things, if you do let your guard down in that regard, these fixtures run away from you very, very quickly. We saw that um, last season, that dismal campaign that we had. We often conceded goals and conceded a second one very, very quickly after it. And at that point, at this competition, or in the competition we ran last year in particular, it's gone at that point. We're not coming back from two goals down against the European side like Betis or like any of the teams we played last season. So, yeah, you've got to kind of give it to them that they didn't allow that to happen and they had enough it, about them to stop that.
0: It's interesting you say that because I think that, again, if we rewind the tape to this time last year, I don't think we went into that Champions League group thinking to ourselves, we're going to get turned over here. I think we went into it thinking we could compete. And that's obviously the, the, the aftermath of Seville, right? So I totally understand why we'd have felt in that way, right? I was on it, you were on it. We all kind of said, you know, we can go in there, we can compete, we can see what happens. You're right, it was dismal. There's no two ways of getting around it. Let's not, you know, polish a turd. But you're you're playing against a, a much higher level of opposition. And I think we forgave the team after that. We were angry, of course, we were angry and, you know, we know what it led to in terms of managerial change. I, I understand all of that context. I think in the Europa League, though, more and more of our fan base realise this is the level we are going to to be at. But rather than being outclassed like we were in the Champions League, there's probably a higher level of expectation for Beal and the team to effectively compete at this, no matter who we're playing, which is why I think I'd said in, 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 in last week's show, it's really important for us to put out a really... Strong statement within our opening game, and I think we did that for 60 minutes last night.
1: Yeah, we did because you know what, Cammy, we've worked really, really hard as a club to build up our reputation in Europe over the last four or five years, and um, it's been and, pre- and, and,
0: and at a national level as well, by the way. So, you're welcome, Scotland,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, um, there, there's uh, clubs benefiting from us uh, for sure at the moment. Um, but we've built that up progressively, uh, the old sort of marginal gains sort of structure in terms of getting a little bit right, progressing season on season on season, and it ended up with us in a European final. Um and Europe respected us, Cammy. Europe was behind us then on that campaign. Results like Dortmund, um, nights at the stadium in the semi-final and things like that captivated Europe. We were the talk of the town in terms of that competition. We were one penalty kick away from lifting the lifting the trophy. A little bit of that goodness was undone last season. Um, I think a lot of those good performances were forgotten um, and we were starting to worry if we had totally regressed. Were we going back to the Rangers team of old that just can't compete in Europe and it's too much for them? Mm -hmm. We needed that last night to get us back on track and show that, you know what, when we're in a competition where it is more of a level playing field, where we are not absolutely outclassed by 10 to 1 in terms of spending and everything else. We can make a game with most clubs at this level. At iBrooks in particular, with the crowd behind us, we can achieve good things. And we did that last night. It's been, I think the start was 26, 27 years since we beat a Spanish side in Europe. Um that that was put to bed last night. Real Betis finished sixth in La Liga last season. They're not mugs. They're good players. They're a good team. You could tell they had that continental know-how and flair about them last night as well. They knew all the tricks. And we got past them and we won and we got the three points. We got off to a great start in in the group. And to get the three points against what is probably going to be the best team in the group, our biggest competition in the group, is a fantastic start and it's something we can build on and progress on. And the big thing for me, Cammy, it's not just about European progression, it's not about earning more European prize money and everything else. It's about going to European matches again and enjoying them, looking forward to them and feeling that like we can compete. And I think last night was a little bit a little bit of an entry to that and hope for that coming back.
0: It was interesting you say that. Um because I don't know where you were in um, the Copeland last night, in terms of the guys around you and, and what the general atmosphere like, I was in the in the main stand last night, and it, it, my, my usual crowd around me and all that kind of stuff is as well the regulars. Where I actually don't think, and it didn't I, again. I'm I, maybe I'm just isolated in terms of where I'm at. I'm kind of keen to get people's thoughts on this, but I think even though we did have that initial early frustration, I don't think the fans gave up in the team. I think that there was elements of it where there was still definitely support for, you know, again, for my money, my opinion, it could be different depending on where you were sitting, where it it was emanating from the stands that we just knew we could do better. So it wasn't like as if, you know, the, the, the fans were turning against the team or turning against the manager and, you know, throwing the toys out. The support stuck with them. And then when we get to that 30, 35 minute mark, and, you know, you start to see... John Lundstrom coming into the game, taking control of it. I think the stadium then started to build on that kind of on that that enthusiasm that the players were trying to generate. To say, "Listen, we've we've probably weathered a bit of an early storm. We know we can do better, but let's not fixate on that. Let's start to take control." And I think, and I'm going to be honest with you, I I, I think it's important to kind of acknowledge the fact that the fans started to encourage the team on that and that basis as well. That might sound to people listening to this going well that's a given that's what fans are there to do I just think given the current climate before kick off last night I think it could have went a different direction but for me at least I think that the fans started to realise no we are trying, if we can cut out some basic errors actually we can do something here and then that turned around about the half hour mark.
1: Yeah listen the the crowd at IBrooks is contagious Cammy um, I went to that game last night pretty pessimistic about our chances and that's not usually my, my vibe at going to the games. I'm usually, if anything, too optimistic and set myself up for a fall at times. But I thought the best we could get was a draw last night and I wasn't expecting the crowd to be a crazy, mad, passionate European-type crowd that we've been used to in the last couple of years. I thought it would be a little bit subdued because of recent results because where we find ourselves in the league already because of the the diff the, the different feelings out there about the manager and the manager's future and everything else. There's a lot of things going on at the minute that impacts people's ability to jump and do the bouncy for 90 minutes at the moment. But the 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 the, the crowd last night did stay with the team. There was it wasn't a, a good 30 minutes. It wasn't a good 35 minutes. It wasn't enjoyable watching it. There was some groans, there was some moans, but that's always going to be the case. But there was nothing like the kind of toxicity or the anger or the frustration that we saw at the end of the Celtic game, for example. Had we played the full forty-five minutes, Cammie, the way we played the first 30-35, that it might have been a different story. Getting to half time and really not having a kick and not really have done anything might have been a different story in some regards. But the fact that we stayed with the team for 30, 35 minutes and then the team kicked in and I felt the crowd then kicked in at the same time. They were almost in unison with each other, um, spurring each other on, a kind of two-way street there. And it, the rest of the game was magnificent atmosphere-wise and I think it did drive the team on last night. There was there was a moment, I think, in the second half, John Lundstrom uh, doing the, the Cantwell role of getting the crowd up and roaring and stuff like that as well, which is great to see. Um, so yeah, yeah a, a it, few a
0: few of them did that last night as well. I seem to remember Lunsstrom in particular, but I remember Borner doing it.
1: Yes. Um, uh,
0: I'm trying to think. I think Seema might have done it. I can't remember, but yeah, a few yeah, of them yeah, but, started to do it. Yeah,
1: yeah. The, to, 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 to to cut the answer to to get to the, the kind of point of my answer, the crowd did to stay with the team, Cami, and as the team went up through the gears, the crowd also did as well. And we've seen in the past just how electric that can be and the impact it can have. Everybody talks about the twelfth man and all that sort of stuff. Some of these European nights, we legit do have a 12th man. We've seen it, we've experienced it, we've benefited from it. And there was certainly some elements of that last night.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, we've done the constructive part, right? So now I want to move on to to some real positives. And there's a few guys I want to call out in this. Now, like I say, we've done shows already this season where we've started to point fingers at players and say that isn't good enough. There's a few players I want to be able to try and call out. Um... I think Tom Lawrence started to come into a bit of a game. He started to increase in confidence. You mentioned Ben Davis. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I thought that for a guy who very possibly could have left Ibrox in the summer, I think he came into it, and I think he's, he's now started to look a bit more confident in his game. Um, Seema started to grow into it, although I wasn't necessarily convinced right at the beginning, because, again, like you say, that was a, an interesting front three. Um and again, Sifuentes, I think, started to kind of come into it quite a bit. So I'm not listening again, like you say. I'm not revising my opinion in terms of saying that these guys were all fantastic just because we got the win. We've talked about the fact that they had to kind of grow into. It. But there is an element to this Colin, where I think that you do need to take into account the fact that these guys, I don't believe for a single minute, these guys have come in and going, I, I just want to play as a subpar performance week on week, and either not be included in the team or when I am i get roundly jeered of course they're not doing that they want to come in they want to compete they want to be effective um i'll give a, a, a very very special mention to kamar Roof, who just yet again shows as to why he's probably the top striker at the club um and i mean that even from last season when he was injured i think that he's one of the smartest strikers we've had in a long time at rangers But you're talking about guys through one reason or another probably haven't featured as heavily as they could have done. And yet last night they came in, grew into the game. Roof's case, I think he was pretty much there all the time anyway, but he had a tough shift. But again, for some of those players that we've probably had a little bit of negative focus on before, I think we've really got to give a lot of praise to uh, following last night at the the final whistle.
1: Yeah, I think you absolutely do. Um, Players that... A lot of people, and myself included, were, for what a better expression, maybe fed up with. Um, I think the start of the season, I was just pretty happy with Goldson and Suter playing together. Um, not many were shouting for Davies to come back in. He's came back in and done nothing wrong, two clean sheets. And for somebody that's criticised for not being aggressive enough or strong enough at times, he certainly he certainly was last night. Um, John Lundstrom, Um I think the turnaround in our performance last night almost came from John Lundstrom, it, like, it was almost like John Lundstrom after 35 minutes decided, you know what, this is our first night, it's the Europa League, this is my this is my yard, and uh, I'm going to start turning this on, and he did, the rest of the, the rest of the team did as well, so um, there's definite praise for him, but there's praise all around. I don't think there was a bad performance on the pitch last night, uh, Borna Barisic had a great game, um, Rabbi Matondo was super dangerous, there's, he's a... Uh, He's a correct decision-making skill set away from being a fantastic footballer, actually. If he could just make the right decision and be a bit more accurate with his shooting, he'd be an absolute asset. Um, So, yeah, there's there's a lot. I I,
0: I agree with that to an extent, but also think in Matondo's defence, there was elements where he probably got the ball to his feet when I think, and I don't blame Barisic for this, by the way, or whoever else would have been playing the ball to him, but I think he's more effective when he runs to the ball rather than the ball at his feet. Yeah. I think that's I think that's fair, but again, like you say, it's 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 maybe a bit of nitpicking.
1: I think with this team, right? Th- this team has had a massive turnaround in the summer in terms of personnel. So many new players coming in, so many players leaving. Um you've got manager now after two transfer windows trying to put his mark on the team, have a team playing in his his way with his players now, really. And it's going to take time. Um we've had the first sort of stage of the season if you want to call it a stage up to the first international break they then had um, a a a bit of a break themselves then they had some decent time on the training ground the ones that went on international duty where you do start to see little relationships start to blossom you start to see people being a bit more aware of where others are on the pitch and that's improvements you do start to see and you will see I've always said this season that it's going to take time you can't have a whole new front line that are going to just hit the ground running and sadly the way our league and the way we are every game matters because we're so close to our rivals in terms of you just can't miss a game or you fall behind and we had European qualifiers right at the start of the season so there really was no wiggle room. Every single game mattered and it was just getting over the line and trying to get through these qualifiers. Um, now we've had that break, now we're in a place I think where the manager's not under so much pressure in terms of having teams ready for qualifiers. He's in Europe, he's got a group a group stage campaign ahead of him. He can now start playing players, giving the players the time and the chances they need to to get the minutes under their belt and to be the players he bought them to be. And hopefully that's what we're going to start to see and that's that's the start of it last night. They needed that big performance. He needed it from them and I think they needed it from themselves as well because they needed something to build on just to look back and say, well, you know what, we can look at that Real Betis game and for 55, 60 minutes of that match, we were the best team. That's what we can do and that's what we have to aspire to the rest of the season and then improve on that.
0: Well, that's it, right? And I think that, you know, you and I did on our Patreon site, we did our uh, uh, post-match car pod last night. And I think that the the, the point I made, right, and, and again, it it flips it slightly back to what we were talking about with the Champions League last season, where I've zeroed doubt that those games and those uh, scorelines had a demoralising effect on the team. Therefore, what my hope is, that we can use last night's game, because I'm already seeing some noise around the fact that the criticism around Beal was that, you know, he struggled in big games. Well, last night was a big game and he won it. Last night needed performances and we got some. Again, not across the whole 90, so I'm not revising history, but what I want us to be able to do is let's use this now as a little bit of a platform, a little bit of a kind of positive thing going forward. Now, within a week's time, Colin, we theoretically... Could be in the semi-finals of the League Cup with one Europa League opener against, as you rightly said, probably favourites to, have, you know, to, to win the group. So we've set ourselves into a really good position there. Let's and oh my God, I'm so nervous about saying this, but why not use it to build some momentum? And if at all possible, one of the things I am really, really missing from this Rangers team, some confidence. Dare I say a little bit of swagger as well?
1: Yeah, that's the word I was looking for there from you, swagger. That's what you want. This this, this team could could do with for what if a better expression going out and pumping somebody, coming I and scoring a good few goals. I think that would massively help. Stuff they've got opportunity this weekend to do hopefully do that. Um, but yeah, there's there there is some massive games coming up across the different competitions. Bit of an unusual scenario that we've got four games at Ibrox in eleven days. I think it is. Um, but you know what when the crowd's behind you like it was last night that's a positive thing we could really turn things around in these four games like you say Um, forget what everybody else is doing forget about other results if we can get four wins out of four right and you know what the hardest one was last night and we did that if we can win those other three matches um, it's going to put us in a really good position it's going to take a, a, a whole leap of pressure I think off the manager and I think everybody will just kind of calm down a little bit more and enjoy the football and maybe have a bit of a renewed optimism for what lies ahead because there was a lot written off, rightly or wrongly, after very, very little football being played. Um, I toed and froed with the manager whether I thought he should go, whether I think he should stay. Did I have the belief that he could turn things around and fix it? I'm still not fully bought in. I still don't know. But last night showed me that he could win a big game. He did have that in his locker. So yeah, let's see what you can do against Motherwell at the weekend, which I'm sure we're about to speak about. Livingston in the cup, and then Aberdeen. And if we get that right, things have totally flipped from from the start of the international break.
0: They have right. I I think that you know to 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 use your own point as a counterpoint. There is obviously still a lot of football still to be played. I think that that's why I'm not suggesting that anything is done and dusted i know i've seen some hysterical reactions that like you know the league is that's all nonsense right but i think that there is a point to that as well where we can say let's use the opportunities like last night and like um playing against high level competition to set that standard and what i want to be able to do is see that standard increase week on week um someone who i do want to talk about Colin, and I feel like we have made mention of him in previous shows in the past, but I I can't get away from the fact that um, Jack Butland, for me, if the season finished today, Jack Butland is by far and away our player of the season. I've, I've said in other shows, I think I've said an extra before, the biggest compliment I can pay Jack Butland is that we do not miss Alan McGregor. And last night, I thought he looked comfortable coming for everything. He made some fantastic saves, some saves, which, by the way, I don't think he immediately got credit for because the touches were so slight. Um, I think that we can acknowledge the fact that he um, he, he probably won us the game as much as Sima did in terms of some great saves, dealing with crosses, dealing with low crosses, dealing with just making sure that his defense knew exactly where they were going, understood positionally what was happening. And I think just realized that it was about controlling the game for that last period that we were, we were in front, no need to rush, no need to restart straight away. Let's just take our time get into it. The goalkeeper is probably one of the ones that can mo- get away with the most amount of time wasting I know there's been a bit of a clampdown on that recently, but he didn't need to 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 you know sit in his arse or pretend to have it. Or whatever, he just controlled everything and having that influence at the back, we, we see the benefit of it and stuff as well. So, I, I think that you have to give him real credit last night for not just the opening phases of the game that we've mentioned already, but also once we took the lead, been able to see it out. I mean, I. I, I would marry Jack Butland anyway, just purely based on physical looks. Right now, i would have his babies as well
1: with um, Jack Butland coming. I mean, this is no, this is no kind of an on Alan McGregor whatsoever because Alan McGregor's is probably our greatest ever goalkeeper. He was at the end of his career last season, and I had a long successful career. Jack um, Butland came in, and he's just done things that you, things that I can associate a modern goalkeeper doing, kind of coming out. Not staying on his line, just doing things that was never Alan McGregor's game. And the difference that just makes to me as a fan watching him, the confidence I have in the defence and the confidence I have in his abilities to just deal with rubbish, deal with anything coming in. It makes me so much calmer watching the game. So God knows what it does for our defenders who haven't had that for quite some time. He's came into the club and he's, he seems to have just fat fit like a hand in glove, Cammy. He doesn't seem to have been overawed by anything. He seems to have just fit right in. He kind of he seems like he appreciates where he is. He's had big club experience before at Manchester United, but he's got it now where he's actually playing and he's pivotal. He's hardly put a foot wrong. I think he's only conceded two goals in the league. Um, he's smart, like you said, in terms of he knows when to hold on to the ball. He knows when to just take this thing out of a game. And... He just doesn't let you down if he's and doesn't let you down with coming for the ball. He's punching things away. He's been by far our best player. He's been by far the best signing of the summer. And um, I think we've done really, really well to get him. He, he's a guy I was aware of and obviously knew from the EPL, but hadn't seen a lot of. And I, I don't think I fully appreciated just how good a goalkeeper he actually was. And we always talk about a Rangers goalkeeper and how the test of one when you come here is you can be the best goalkeeper in the world, but you've also got to be a keeper that can stand and do nothing for 89 minutes and then suddenly leap into action. And he showed that he can do that as well. So I'm delighted with the start he's had. He's one of the signings I don't think md has got a bad word to say for. And he was a massive part of our success last night.
0: Yeah. There's a, there's a kind of phrase I always use whenever I talk about Rangers goalkeepers that you might not have to make a lot of saves, but there are saves that you will have to make. And, um, It really is associated to the fact that, you know, domestically, for sure, which we'll talk about in just a second, you might be a bit quieter, but in games like last night, you know, he was called into action. He he was tested, but um, again, like I said, I think he stands up to that test all the time. So, great to be able to try and talk about a really positive result uh, for Rangers. I think it has helped boost uh, the confidence of a number of players as well, which, let's face it, is is again another, uh, you know, huge positive for us. We're back to Ibrox. Um, on Sunday calling as as mother will come for league business. Um, An interesting fixture, I think, in terms of another opportunity. And again, I don't want to get carried away. I don't want to be blase about it or anything like that for us to be able to look at um, amplifying, I will say, the the confidence levels and being able to go out and get a decent result. If we can get a few goals, if we can you know, put on a little bit of a show, that's great. I am happy to not be entertained at the moment as long as we get a decent to good performance and most importantly, a win. However, if we are going to use it as a bit of a platform, then let's go out and let's just go out confidently. Go out attacking. That's, the that's you know, what I would hope Michael Beale does, is go out and try and make a little bit of a statement to say, look, we are fighting on a number of fronts here, but... Even despite some of our injuries, and we have been unlucky with key injuries to key players, we are good enough to compete across the board. And again, like you say, Sunday presents us with another opportunity to make that statement.
1: Yeah, absolutely does. It's um it's third v fourth and we're not third. Um that needs to change after Sunday's match. Well they've had a decent start to the season, they've had wins over Comarnock, Hearts and Hibs, and they set a point better off than us. But yeah, I think um, normal service will be resumed in terms of the league positions between Rangers and Motherwell. After Sunday, Rangers will be ahead of Motherwell for sure. Um, We've got options now, Cammy, in the team, which I think is something we've not had for a while. We can do different things in in games. We can play with wingers or without wingers, and we can be dangerous with and without. So it's about now the manager basically, basically picking what is the best option for these home domestic games where... We sometimes have a lot of the ball but don't do a lot with it. We come up against the packed defences and we get frustrated and stuff like that and we often resort just to cross, cross, cross. Opportunity here just to put that in the bin and say, you know what, that's that's the old trainers, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to go out and treat these teams with the respect they deserve, which isn't all that much usually. And if we can go out and attack-minded and play against Real Betis last night the way we the way we did then by all means you should be able to go out and attack a team like Motherwell and get good results at the end of it and score a good few goals and just raise that goodwill factor that started to rise already after last night. Um, like you said, there's nothing more important than the three points. But I think we all want, if, if we're going to Ibrox four times in 11 days, we want to enjoy it, we want to see plenty of goals and Sunday's a perfect chance to do that. So I'd be, I'll would be i never be disappointed if I one no win. But I'll be looking for just maybe a little bit more than that this weekend. I, I want to see us get the win and actually look good doing it.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I do get that, right? And I think that one of the things that we can't get away from, unless, and you know, we don't like talking about them and, uh, you know, in, at the best of times. But I think something that we have to really talk about as well, Colin, is that there's going to have to be the, a, a test of character that's coming up, because obviously that lot will be playing on Saturday. So there's going to be we we have to put ourselves into a position where our mentality has to be they will win their games, there's a bit of scoreboard pressure, so if we are playing Thursday, Sunday, they're playing Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, we're going to have to just get accustomed to the fact that that's going to be the case, right? So the test of character has to come from, you know, even if Celtic do win their game and we play the following day, it is absolutely irrelevant to what we have to do. We just have to go out, play our game and play to our strengths. Now, I know I'm, I am may be over-egging the fact that this is, you know, domestically, we shouldn't be getting too many problems. But we're not, if we've not been in a position recently where we're winning back-to-back leagues, that we can be lackadaisical with it. So again, like I say, we need to be able to try and look towards this idea of, let's make sure that, you know, if they hit the ball to us, we hit it back twice as hard. We need to be able to go and and make sure that we don't get overawed by anything at all whatsoever, whether it's the opposition, whether or not it's it's Celtic potentially having won their game prior, it's about what we do and again it's 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 making sure that we take care of our business and do so again with a little bit of a little bit of kind of gusto as well.
1: That that's absolutely it. Listen, I can I can super simplify this. We need to make the assumption that our rivals in this title race are going to win the vast majority of their league matches, Cammy, right? And if we've just got that impressed on our heads, it doesn't matter if they get those three points on the Saturday or the Sunday, because we just have to have the assumption they're going to do it anyway. So we just go out and do our game, play the best we can and get our three points and forget what they're doing. And that's that's how you that's how you win titles. You control your own narrative. You look after what you do and that's that's what sets you forward, that's what works. Um, listen, they, they might not win all their games, you know. They've, they're they going to have the experience that we had last season, I think, where they're going to be in the end of a few doings in that European competition this season. And we saw the impact that had on our team last year. Um, it knocks the stuffing out of yeah, you, certainly knocked the stuffing out of our players last year, some of those matches. They went away this midweek, lost against a team that played pretty poorly, had two players sent off, moaned about referees, not being as lenient as they should be in Europe as they are at home. So let's see how they perform when they're getting turned over during the week and then having to play at the weekend as well. That's not a foregone conclusion, but to go back to us, just concentrate on our game, get our three points and put them out of sight, out of mind until we play them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's use uh, Thursday night as a springboard. Rangers, let's go ahead. Let's make sure that we go out there with a bit of swagger because I want us to be able to to compete in all of these fronts, and we need to be able to have belief in ourselves. And I definitely call and think that we started to see the the incremental start to some of that last night with some of these players who um, maybe haven't started as well as they would have liked to across the course of this season.
1: Yeah, that's it. We we it goes two ways. We've seen what they can do now. We've seen a little a little. Roots of hope, so to speak, that the something could come good. These players have got what it takes. The players, on the other hand, have also seen what the reward is for doing these things. They've seen Ibrox last night. They've seen the reaction they got at the end of the game. They saw the they, they did a, a, a kind of lap around the pitch at the end. So many people stayed behind to clap them. They saw the buy-in they'll get from us if they give it to us. So it's a two-way street. They started doing their bit uh, last night. We always do our bit. So when it comes together, hopefully, good things can happen.
0: There you go. And if you need motivation to get you pumping, heading to Ibrox on Saturday after, eh, Sunday afternoon, then Colin McMillan has just delivered it to you. That'll be us for this week's Extra, folks. David will be back with you as pair with eh, Flagship on Monday. Um, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but as we always say to you, if you want to head over to our Patreon site to hear brilliant content on a daily basis, head over to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Thank you um, to our show sponsor, Zenith Coins. Head on over to zenithcoins.com to see some of their absolutely brilliant material. Um, if you like what you've heard and think, I'd like to see these guys in live action. Then why not start your Christmas parties early by coming to join us at New Edmondson House on the uh, 1st of December, Friday the 1st of December. Um, Our director of TAT, Mr. McMillan, will be there as well with plenty of goodies that you can purchase. All of which go to the charitable fund of David Edgar. Um, so line David's pockets even further by buying you know, all manners of absolute nonsense that you don't need, but we will stamp a heart and hand label on it. Mm-hmm. Colin, I'm excited to see what your merch table will have. Um, surely some great ideas for Christmas gifts coming up.
1: Yeah, so we had some quite interesting stuff at the last one, didn't we? We had some key rings that also work as shopping trolley tokens and some key, some bottle opener key rings that also sit in your wallet as a business card sort of thing. So that was our summer tat, winter tat, I don't know. Christmas tree baubles, perhaps. Heart and hand crackers. Who knows? The only way you'll find out is if you buy a ticket and come along to your just in the house. So please come. The, the, the tat is just a sideshow. The actual guys on stage are actually quite good as well.
0: Well, I am. The other four are somewhat questionable. Nah, I joke. I joke. As I say, no, we're all pretty good. And Andy McGowan is also there. Uh, Yeah, as I say, folks, head along. Uh, We'd love to see you. These shows are always brilliant, and it's a great chance for us to be able to try and all get together. And we've had very seldom opportunities to be able to do that in recent times, as you all know. So why not start your festivities early from the the first? Head on to the Edmondson House website, and you'll see us under events. Thank you to the executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. And most importantly, thank you to my friend. Now, for anyone who knows Colin and knows that he's an Apple tech geek, Colin got his most recent iPhone this morning and has put off using said iPhone to come on here and record this pod. And that is the kind of sacrifice, Colin, that frankly, very, very few people would ever make.
1: Yeah, and people don't know these things about me, Cammy. They think I'm just described as a pod every now and then, but... I've got a heart of gold and I'm committed to the cause, mate. So thank you for pointing that out.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I will go back to slagging you off in in, in, in short order. Thanks so much for listening, folks. Have a brilliant weekend. Let's get three points at Ibrox on Sunday. If you're going to the game, absolutely sing your hearts out for it. The team need us. And we'll be back with you again next Monday. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.
1: 18 plus.